Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeat the Greensboro Swarm that were cosplaying as the Charlotte Hornets, 120 to 100. So yes, this is the second game in a row where the Raptors are playing like Bryce McGowan's, JT Thor, Nick Richards, Teo Maladon, and Svi Mikhailuk as a starting five. Book Knight, Kai Jones, Xavier Sneed, Simmons. You know, these guys are coming off the bench. Nine-man rotation filled with a lot of players who either are on their way to trying to craft meaningful careers and not having a bunch of impact or at the back end of impact or just trying to make it as like a, you know, a middling player in the NBA, trying to make sure that they can find a place on these teams. And you have guys like Sfi, 17, 5 and 7, Tail Maladone, 13, 6 and 11, McGowan's 26 and 3. Like there's numbers. You're going to get to around 100 points in an NBA game. These guys found their way to it, but the Raptors, as they should, they handled business. And the numbers, maybe they don't look as impressive, the starting lineup. You got 17 from OG, 22 from Pascal, with twenty with 14 boards, by the way, 10 and 9 from Jakob, 16, 1 and 6 with four steals from Fred. Now, if you're going to ask me, do I care that Scotty Barnes played 29 minutes, had zero points on 0 of 7 shooting, and was a minus 3, the only negative in the starting lineup? Do I care about that? Absolutely not. If his wrist is sore, I'm not sure. If it's bothering him, that'll probably show up more and we'll know for sure in Boston. If he's feeling fine and he just had an off day and zero points against the Hornets, who cares, man? I know it's frustrating to see it online that like the the Twitter accounts that ex- their exp- express purpose is to hate on players. They're going to champion that. They're going to put the zero points everywhere. But as far as progress and process, as far as, you know, Scotty's career, that this doesn't matter at all. Zero points, who cares? Um, the Raptors win the game. Chris Boucher gives you 21 off the bench. Will Barton hits six threes, six of nine from downtown. He scores 20. You get 12 from Precious with, you know, some, some fun drives, one nice dump off pass. You also get, you know, a made three or two. It's like, it's not, it's not so bad. The Raptors... They didn't have to play their guys a bunch of minutes in this one because <laughs> because the thing about this is that last game when the Raptors beat the Hornets, everybody played like 38, 35 minutes. Tonight, Pascal plays 35 for whatever reason. I don't, I have no idea, but everyone else is under 30. Jakob even playing 21. The Raptors, they have a back-to-back. They're going to play Boston tomorrow. Uh, maybe today for the person who's listening to this in the morning. But the Raptors, they kept the minutes low, except for Pascal. And maybe he's just built different. I, I'm not sure. And uh, they walk out of there with a win. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And 
It is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And here is the thing about Goldfinger Law. Okay? it's You only pay if you win. The upsides to that are pretty obvious. If you need somebody dealt with in the court of law, you know who, you know who to go to. And if you lose, hey, you don't pay. If you win, hey, you won. You know, show out a little money for your representation. If you're interested, 416-730-1777. OG, not the most robust game as far as scoring the basketball. We've seen him sleepwalk to north of 20 points in quite a few games lately. And, you know, typically that revolves around him being just a heat pump from downtown. He was coming into this game via Kirthika, the stats queen, I believe, he had the second highest shooting three-point shooting percentage against the Hornets in the NBA. He goes one for six tonight, so that's probably not the status quo. That, that's no longer the case, I'm, I'm sure. But 17 points, a lot of it off of his own live dribble creation. This is something that people have been tracking, paying attention to, putting prayers on for some time. I will not use a game against you know these Hornets to justify his creation. It looked good, and I'm just glad to see that he looked on balance. He was kind of doing a better job of identifying what the defenders were trying to do to him. These are less than stellar defenders, let's be honest, but those are good things. He was getting downhill at will. He looked pretty spry, pretty explosive in some of those bully drives and post-ups. All that stuff, sure, it comes against lesser competition, but these are really nice to see. Of course, the same thing with Scotty and the wrist is like, We'll see how it goes against Boston and and then Boston again and then Milwaukee and then, you know, postseason for, versus playoffs, playing versus playoffs, whatever you want to, you know, whatever, how, however you delineate to give it the proper verbiage, I, I, I don't really care. But the Raptors are going to be involved in that, at least to some degree, maybe to the full degree if they if they make it into, you know, a series. We're going to see these guys in those pressure cookers. There's going to be good teams in the play in. It's going to be meaningful minutes and meaningful performances there. Then if they get into that 1-8 or 2-7 or whatever, we're going to see, you know, you know, a fun series where they're probably not going to win. But I tell you this much, you get to see guys in the pressure cooker. They get to be in the pressure cooker. That matters. So progressing and keeping that momentum and also keeping in mind what these guys are capable of just happy to see them win this game because they, they want to be in the best position going forward. I'd rather they play the Celtics than the Bucks. I want them to just keep winning basketball games. That's what I want. As far as unique wrinkles in this game, there's not a lot going on. I like this is the second batch of two games that they've played against the Hornets. It was a little bit more interesting to talk about it. I don't know in January because uh, LaMelo Ball was playing. They also had like a more meaningful big man rotation. And that was when the Raptors were first starting out prior to getting Jakob Pertl, really utilizing Scotty the most he'd ever been in his career to that point as the dribble handoff hub and as kind of like a short roll king. And that was in the midst of teams playing like this very severe sagging defense against Scotty and seeing how he dealt with the, you know, the motion of the offense helping dictate pace from the the interior rather than as an exterior, you know, initiation threat and also seeing him, you know, navigate that space and, and attack it because it's not always inherent. It's not always easy to look at space in front of you 
at, like Russell Westbrook is still struggling with it now as teams say off of him. It's Ben Simmons, right? It's tough to identify what to do. Scotty did a good job. We got to cover that at that point in time as the Raptors went 2-0 against the Hornets. These games, the 2-0, it's Greensboro. You know, it's a lot of G League talent or end-of-bench NBA talent. The Raptors are playing a pretty healthy squad. Gary Trent Jr., he's still not back. Who knows? Maybe, maybe soon, but all, all this kind of stuff, I guess we'll see. But the Raptors, they were supposed to win this game handily. They win this game handily. These aren't the defining games. These are the games that you're supposed to take care of in the meantime before you play like games upcoming against Boston. I'm kind of you know reiterating this point over and over ad nauseum. But that's that's kind of where we're headed. The Raptors have to prove it against the better teams. Um, if, if they end up making the playoffs, the you know out of the play-in and into the playoffs, out of the frying pan and into the fire, you know some sort of saying, um, they're going to be playing one of the teams they're about to play, the Celtics or the Bucks. And I'd love to see how those matchups go. Now there's a situation where if the Raptors take care of business the first game in Boston. Presuming that Boston probably is going to, you know, they're going to play healthy. They're going to put their guys out there. There's a chance that that creates enough distance between Milwaukee and Boston that Boston might rest their guys in game two against the Raptors. And then that creates, you know, a pathway where the Raptors, if they take care of business in game one against Boston, then they should have an easier matchup against Boston in game two. And then if they beat Boston once or twice, Milwaukee will have no, there'll be no impetus or reason for them to win because they'll have the first seed all locked up. And then the Raptors could play another, you know, kind of end of a, a team compiled of end of bench players or a rotation compiled of end of bench players in the Bucks, And that, that could be the Raptors way into, you know, a, a more firm seating where they, they have a better chance of making the playoffs out of the play-in because the games stack up in their favor, obviously. If you're in the 7-8, you're in a much better position than the the nine ten. Obviously, um, things to consider: the Raptors, they got to win games. It might shake out that the Raptors are playing two of the best teams in the league the last three, and those guys want to beat them bad. They're competing, and the Raptors stand in front of them, and they're bringing their their A game. That could be the case. It also could be the case like this could swing wildly, is what I'm trying to say. So that that remains pretty interesting. Another thing, so while it wasn't like the most impressive 12-minute performance, it was, in, in a word or two, extremely notable that Jeff Delton Jr. played tonight. He played his 50th game on the two-way contract. He is no longer eligible to play for the Raptors the rest of the regular season or in the playoffs until he... Uh, he gets, you know, converted. And if he doesn't, then he won't be playing um, these final three games and he won't be part of the playoff rotation, guaranteed. Perhaps people have been swung by Will Barton's 20-point performance. It's certainly not something that Doughton has emulated at the NBA level. I watched him, you know, I covered that game where he played Scoot Henderson and Leonard Miller and against the G League Ignite and Doughton was masterful and went north of 20 points and he was hitting threes and he was getting stops at the point of attack and he was providing rim pressure, playmaking, all that kind of stuff. But at the NBA level, there certainly hasn't been a ton of volume to his scoring as good as his point of attack defense has been. 
and Barton, you know, he, he got up to 20 points very quickly in this game in, in 20 minutes. It was an impressive shooting display. There's also a little bit of um, creation, tertiary creation, tertiary ball handling, or tertiary ancillary, whatever you know term you want, secondary. I, I don't really care, but he was on ball running the Raptors through some actions in these low-yield minutes or low-leverage minutes, I should say. And he looked good tonight. But the thing is, th- this is where it is, is like, if you believe Barton is going to be more important for the Raptors rotation over these next three games in a playoff series, I mean, then you wouldn't convert Doughton. Now, I am not of this mind. I, I, I know that Barton is a better shooter than Doughton. Barton, he, he had the positive regression back to the mean. It all came in this game. He was like, what, 6 of 25 or something like that coming into this game? Not not six of twenty five, six of twenty six. Not shooting that well from three, obviously. Despite shooting thirty eight percent with the Wizards, over forty percent on his catch and shoot threes, and just having a career full of good shooting, he didn't have a good start with the Raptors. He got it back in this game. If you believe in that shooting, that's what you want. Then you wouldn't convert Doughton. If you believe that Barton is not going, his shooting won't factor in, and you expect Doughton to maybe be more important in a pinch to play bench minutes against, hmm, maybe it's Drew Holiday. You know, it's probably not likely that Delton would get in there in a playoff rotation, but then maybe it's a play-in where you actually, you know, if if OG Ananobi is the guy getting the Trey Young check and you and he can't guard Trey Young all game and you want a spell of like three minutes against Trey Young and you'd much rather have Jeff Delton stick him then quite frankly, any other guard on the roster, maybe is that worth the is that worth the conversion to the team? Is you know, is Joe Wieskamp or Delano Banton or perhaps Barton himself, are these guys getting cut to make room? These are the considerations that no doubt the front office is thinking about. And, you know, I'd convert them. Uh, I think if you're choosing three point shooting, um, you can have your cake and eat it too. Um you can keep Barton. You can cut Joey's camp. Um, I, I, you can cut Delano Banton. I'm in Rexdale recording this right now. Okay, <laughs> you can't cut Delano Banton. I know some people would say cut, cut Delano Banton. Some te- people would be like, "That's the hometown kid. That's the first Canadian the Raptors have ever drafted." Don't you dare cut him. There's there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but you can also cut Delano Banton. Um, I would cut Joey's camp, convert Delton Jr., and you know. Depending on the matchup, whoever it is, if it's the Bulls or something like that, um, somehow you end up against the Bulls in the play-in, and you know they're they're playing. Let's say they're they're allowing a lot of line drives and collapsing outside of it because their perimeter defense is particularly porous with like Demar Derozan and Zach Levine and whatever Patrick Beverly is doing at any point in time, something like that, and there's a lot of like drive and kick stuff going on. And you think we can hide Barton on Pat Bev for like a six minute spell. And maybe Barton hits two threes. And like, that's what we want to try and do in a playing game. Then, then you can just, you can protect against that. You can convert Doughton and you have him as like, maybe we get a spell, a good defensive stand against Trey Young for three, four minutes. Maybe it extends up to like maybe six, seven, or you go the other way. And it's, Either way, you can have Barton for that breaking 
break glass in case of three-point shooter or, you know, Delton break glass in case of point of attack defender. Um, you can have it both ways. Joe Wieskamp probably doesn't figure in. The, the only thing would be um, politics, agents, if they want to ingratiate themselves for next year with Joe, if they think he's like a multi-year project, they they maybe didn't feel like they could work him in this season, but they feel really good about where he's going to be in like a year or two and they want to keep him on. All this types of stuff is in no doubt being considered. Um, if you're wondering at this point in time, like, Samson, you have not really been talking about this game. I talked about the game. There, <laughs> there wasn't that much going on in it. And nothing that was overly compelling, um, and my apologies, but this is kind of, we're just looking ahead at this point. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, the Reggie Evans Award, I'm going to give it to uh, Pascal Siakam. 14 rebounds is no joke. You could tell in this game things were a little bit sloppier. Pascal, he, he was ranging back like, I'm just going to clean up the defensive glass. It was a, a focal point for him, obviously. He, he made sure that he got back there, was closing out possessions. And, and he was all over the court in that regard, especially, you know, the defensive glass. He had 11 of them in this game. He made sure that the Raptors just got on the glass and goes out defensive possessions. So he is the Reggie Emmons Award winner. The top quick reaction comment is from Rye, R-Y-E, quote, nice win, great to see Barton get going. That would be a huge help if he can keep it up a bit. Three tough games coming up, go Raps. And then a response here by Digit King, quote, just cross your fingers that Milwaukee and Boston, have, having locked up the number one and number two seeds, decide to rest everyone ahead of the playoffs, end quote. Okay, so that kind of covers a lot of what I talked about, is that the Barton three could be really interesting. That's a that's a nice wrinkle for the Raptors to be able to, if, he's, if he keeps shooting well, if he's like on a heater for the next, you know, he's on a trend for five, six games or something like that. That that's a really nice guy to just pull off the bench in um in a in a playing game or something like that. Maybe he gets hot, and and then also Digit King bringing up like there there is a situation where Milwaukee and Boston are resting guys. Like maybe it's not three tough games. Maybe it's three. Maybe it's one tough game and two relatively easy games or something like that. It's um yeah the Raptors. I guess we'll see how it all shakes out. They they could be as good as I guess. Um, 43 and uh, 39, they could be as bad as 40 and 42. We'll see how it goes. They're above 500 for the first time since Kirthika tweeted it out. I think it was December 12th, where they like 13 and 12 or December 7th when they were 13 and 12, something like that. It's been a while. They've bought, they've, you know, put a little bit more trust in the rotation. They've, uh, They've done their best to add to this team, to give them a chance in the playoffs. And you know what? They're going to try like hell. I think they're going to do pretty well to end the season here. They're going to try like, I think they will be standing at the end of the play-in. And I think that they will do their best to, if not upset, you know, give somebody give somebody a good series, a compelling series. We'll see how all that goes, though. Either way, we're going to get to see some fun performances. Uh, I hope my performance as the podcaster was uh, <laughs> was okay for you, listener. If you're on YouTube, like that video, subscribe to the channel. The most important one is to subscribe over at Raptors Republic with the most important basketball coming up, baby. You're going to want to know what happens during the game. I don't mean to sound egotistical or, or big-headed about Raptors Republic, but as far as like analysis of what's happening on the court, you aren't going to do better. 
um, we, we, we get the most in the weeds. We do the most film work. We care the most about like the on-court product, you know, entertainment value. I don't know. William Liu, he does a hell of a job. He like, like a hell of a job. People love his show for a reason. And, and also like he talks about a ton of basketball. But the bigger networks, they don't get to dive into the specificities that we do. And ahead of important games, you want to know what's really making these Raptors win and lose? You're going to find the most in-depth articles of Raptors Republic. So feel free to subscribe over there. And if you're listening on the podcast channel, uh, thanks for tuning in and chopping it up with me. Whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.